What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Let me tell you, I am so excited to get into this podcast. It's been a while. It's been almost a month or maybe just about a month since my last upload. But let me tell you something. I have been wanting to record podcasts, however... I have been waiting to find something that I had the passion to record for, right? I don't have the time like I used to to be able to just dive in and put three hours per team and crank out my projections and all that stuff. I don't have that kind of time anymore. But what I do have time for is to do what I did today, and that's to dive into something that I'm super passionate about. That's a a one-time commitment, right? Because if I'm doing my projections, that's a 32-team commitment. I can't just do a couple teams like I mean, I could, but I wouldn't feel good about it because I use the projections ultimately to build rankings. So if I'm only doing projections for a few teams, then that's kind of pointless, right? Other than for the purpose of being able to be more confident in those very specific players on those teams. So I wanted to dive into Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is one of those people that everyone either is super high on him Not saying like he's going to be a top five passer, nothing like that. But he's just one of those people, because of his personality, his charisma, people either they love to love him or they love to hate him. And you don't find much in the middle. And I like to pride myself on being someone who can look at a player and approach from the middle, do research, and decide which way I'm going to go. And that's what I did. I did a whole bunch of research so that you guys don't have to do it. So that I can tell it to you in hopefully an entertaining way on the podcast instead of you reading a a bogged down article throwing stats in your face. I like to pride myself on hopefully being able to get that stuff across without it being super boring. So I'm going to tell you about Baker Mayfield and whether we should be in or out. And we got to start with the bare bone stats. All right. But don't worry. It's going to be it's going to be good. All right. His rookie season. His head coach was Hugh Jackson. Uh, uh. He started 13 games. He played 14. He started 13 games. And if you remember, the one game he didn't start was when he took over for Tyrod and led the comeback and beat the Jets on Thursday Night Football. So 13 games started. Baker Mayfield sets the rookie passing touchdown record at 27. Now, since that's been broken by Justin Herbert with 31, but he did it in two extra games. Also, with 100 extra pass attempts. So if you're looking at, on a per-game basis or a pass attempt basis, Baker Mayfield was actually better than Justin Herbert. And if Baker Mayfield threw as many times in his rookie season as Justin Herbert did in his, Baker Mayfield would still be the record holder of the rookie passing touchdown record. But, Brandon... Okay, that's great. That's one season, lightning in a bottle. How do we know that that's anything worth looking at? Well, I'll give you the top 10 people on that list. The top 10 rookie passing touchdown record holders. Justin Herbert at one. Well, I think everyone loves Herbert, right? Baker Mayfield at two. 
That's that's who we're d- discussing. Everyone's like on the fence about him. Russell Wilson at three, Peyton Manning at four, Daniel Jones at five. Okay, that's probably not a good one, but I would say Daniel Jones is an outlier because then you've got Dak Prescott at six, Andrew Luck at seven, Mac Jones at eight, Jameis Winston at nine, which everyone wants to be like, oh, Jameis is so good for fantasy, which he was. But why can we not look at Baker in a similar light then? Jameis at nine and Jim Kelly at 10. We've got one bad name on that list and it's Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones also has not had very great situations. But don't worry, this is not a pro. I'm not a pro Daniel Jones guy. Um, I'm just saying, you know, he probably wouldn't look as bad if he had better coaches and stuff. I'm interested to see what they do this year with him. But Daniel Jones is the one out of 10 names. And if you want to say Jameis is not a good one, then two out of 10 names on that list are not good. He is in good company on that list. Now, by the way, like I said, Baker Mayfield, he had a better rookie season than Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert's rookie season blew everyone out the water. Well, Baker Mayfield's was better. He had a higher yards per attempt. And that's what we're going to be talking about because if you look at completion percentage, that's super biased. If you look at completion percentage, you know some guys that have high completion percentages? Teddy Bridgewater. That's one. Philip Rivers had one in his later years when he couldn't even push the ball down the field. But you know what they didn't have that was high? A yards per attempt average. Because it doesn't matter if your completion percentage is 70% if all your completions are going for 5-6 yards. It doesn't matter if your completion percent looks horrible and it's 50% if your completions are going for 15 yards each. So completion percentage by itself is useless. Yards per reception or yards per, yeah, the, the yards per catch that you throw as a quarterback, completion, that's what it is. Yards per completion, that's also useless. Those things separate from each other are useless. You put those together, you get yards per attempt. Yards per attempt is the most accurate measurement of if someone is throwing the ball downfield and completing at a good rate. Okay, that's the best that's the best marker for that. And Baker Mayfield had a higher yards per attempt than Justin Herbert in his rookie season. He also had a higher touchdown rate than Justin Herbert in his rookie season. Now, let's just stop comparing him to Justin Herbert. Let's compare him to everyone. Out of the 10 people on that list, Baker Mayfield had the third highest yards per attempt and the second highest touchdown rate. Third highest and second highest. He was the middle middle of the pack on interceptions, and he had the second lowest sacks taken. He is a good quarterback. And in fact, we'll get into it later how good he's actually been. Now, you could go you can already see where this where this is starting to go. But I'll tell you this. Before starting this podcast, I was very nervous to do this research because I have Baker. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front. I got Baker in one or two spots. Actually two. I've got him on two Superflex Dynasty teams. And here's the thing. I did this research because I wanted to know, should I be holding him or trading him away? And obviously, I would love to come into it and be like, yeah, I'm going to try and find everything to make Baker look good, but that's not going to help me in fantasy. I'm trying to figure out what the right decision is. So I just was pretty nervous coming into this research saying, I might end up finding the opposite, and this might this might be a podcast where I'm just shitting on Baker. But that's not the case because... Stats don't lie. So let's continue looking at his rookie season outside of the things we've already talked about. 
He was the 16th quarterback in fantasy. Remember, in 13 games started, he was the 16th quarterback in fantasy. He had a 7.7 yards per attempt, which is good. The league average over the last four years is about 7.4, 7.3. So 7.7 is very good, well above average, and a 5.6% touchdown rate. That is almost... The, the average touchdown rate right now is like 4.6. So that's pretty much a whole percentage higher. That's also great. And his top three targets were Jarvis Landry. Okay, okay. I look at Jarvis Landry and I say that is the epitome of the perfect wide receiver two on an NFL team, not a wide receiver one. His top three targets are Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, and I believe that was Njoku's rookie year, maybe sophomore year, and Antonio Callaway. Those were his top three targets, and he did that. That is outstanding. And everyone, if you go back after Baker's rookie year, everyone was all in. Baker is going to save the franchise. Now, what happens in year two? Year two, he gets Freddie Kitchens. Uh, uh, I'm giving you two because that's worse than Hugh Jackson. He gets Freddie Kitchens. He's now the 18th best fantasy quarterback. His yards per attempt dropped to 7.2 from 7.7. His touchdown rate drops from 5.6 to 4.1. His top three targets are Jarvis, Odell, and Chubb. And this is the year where everything started going downhill in people's perception of Baker Mayfield. Because he had a worse year, but he had Odell Beckham. How is he going to be worse? He has Odell Beckham. Well, first off, if you look at that team, Jarvis and Odell were the entire target share. Jarvis and Odell had more than 100 targets. The next person to come in on the targets list was Nick Chubb, and he had like 30-something. Maybe it was like 40, low 40s. So there was no wide receiver threes. There was no tight ends. There was nobody helping. It was Jarvis and Odell. And defenses picked up on that. And Odell coming in, we already know his reputation. He's a little bit of a drama queen. He needs the ball. He's going to get pissed off if he doesn't get the ball, like an Antonio Brown. You think a very young Baker Mayfield who just got into the league is not worried about satisfying and keeping Odell happy? And it was pretty clear to everyone he was forcing balls to Odell because he doesn't want Odell to get all pissy and walk off the field because he's not getting the targets that he thinks he deserves instead of just throwing it to Odell when he was open and not trying to force it. And that was a mistake on Baker's part. 100% it was. But it's a, a very easy mistake to understand for a young quarterback. And that was like the only year he really had Odell. Because you go from that, and then you go to year three. Guess what? Once again, a new system. Kevin Stefanski comes in from the Vikings. He comes in from the Vikings where they ran the ball more than they passed. He comes in and he applies that to the Browns. And the Browns run the ball more than they pass. And yet somehow, Baker Mayfield, in an offense where his top three targets are in this season are Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and Rashard Higgins, is still and, and he passes less than the team runs the ball, he's still able to put up an 18th finish for fantasy quarterback like the year before. And his yards per attempt grow from 7.2 to 7.3 despite not having Odell, because Odell's hurt pretty much the whole season, and his touchdown rate goes back up from 4.1 to 5.3. This is in his first season, once again, in a new system. He's been in the league at this point for three years. Every year, he's had to learn a new system. 
And every year, his top target is a perfect wide receiver two in Jarvis Landry. And Odell, you can make the argument between his health and between his actual numbers and efficiency because guess what? His efficiency was not better when he was with the Rams. He was just getting more touchdowns because the offense got in the red zone more often. Which obviously, Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, that's that's a better situation in terms of getting touchdowns. But outside of that, Odell Beckham was not even more efficient. So there was nothing, all the hate that everyone threw at Baker, nobody gave it to Stafford. And maybe it's because the, the hate Baker was getting was undeserved. Because Odell, in reality, was not better for the Rams than he was for the Browns. And Odell, in his second season with the Browns, was barely playing. So you had one year to try to get used to Odell and not force him the ball because you know he's going to be unhappy if you don't give him a certain number of targets per game. And that's all you had for Baker. That's all Baker had with Odell. Because then in year three, he's got Stefanski coming in and he's thrown to Jarvis, Landry, Austin Hooper, Richard Higgins. And his numbers grow again from the second year. Now we get into last year. And last year is very important because last year is the year people were saying this is it this is it Stefanski is in his second year as a head coach this is the first time Baker Mayfield does not have to relearn a new system Baker Mayfield this is your chance what happens he gets hurt he gets hurt and he plays on his hurt shoulder the entire season pretty much the entire season he's playing And then he has to get surgery at the end. And once again, who were his top three targets? Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and then instead of Rashard Higgins, this time it was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Who you guys know I like. But there's nothing outstanding there. There's nothing outstanding there. His yards per attempt drop from 7.3 in his third year, first year with Stefanski, to 7.2 this year. That's not really much of a drop, especially considering his shoulder. And then... His touchdown rate drops from 5.3 back to 4.1, as it was with Freddie Kitchens. So the lowest touchdown rate we have ever seen from Baker Mayfield was 4.1%. And you're taking that either from a year where he had his shoulder hurt the entire time, or from a year where he had Freddie Kitchens and was forcing balls to Odell because he was worried about Odell being Odell. His worst yards per attempt have been 72 Once again, taking from one of those two years. So let's compare him against the field. I'm giving you these numbers. You're probably not familiar, as I am just from research. You're probably not familiar with, are these numbers even good? So let's talk about the numbers. Let's compare Baker Mayfield against the field. Over these last four years, Baker Mayfield has had a higher yards per attempt than the average NFL quarterback in All four years, except 2019, that was the Freddie Kitchens year, where he tied it. He tied the yards per attempt for the average NFL quarterback in 2019. Every other year, he's been higher. His 4.75 touchdown rate over the last four years is higher than the 4.65 average touchdown rate in the NFL. So, Baker Mayfield, who everyone is saying they... Not everyone, but the half that says we're out on Baker thinks he's not even worthy of being a starter. He's been above average as an NFL quarterback, despite all of these things, despite playing with a hurt shoulder that he needed surgery on last year, despite 
the first three seasons he was in the league having to play a new system, learn a new system, new offense, new scheme every single time, the first two seasons being with Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens, and never having an alpha wide receiver one. All due respect to Jarvis Landry, he's a number two. And Odell's play in health makes that very arguable because he's only surpassed 50 targets in one Cleveland season. Now he's going into Carolina. What's the situation in Carolina? We all love DJ Moore, and we all know how good DJ Moore is. He's just been a victim of bad situation. So he has that true alpha wide receiver one now in DJ Moore. He has a deep threat with Robbie Anderson. He has Christian McCaffrey, who in the slot is basically Jarvis Landry. He has potential breakouts in Terrace Marshall, who played at LSU with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and was productive. And Tommy Tremble, the tight end, coming into his, I believe, second year. So he's got two potential breakouts. Either one of those guys hit, and he's got a very good cast of weapons. He has Darnold and a late-round rookie quarterback in Matt Corral that are not going to take his reps. But, once again, he has to learn a new system. But his rookie season, he learned a new system. His third season, first one with Stefanski, he learned a new system. Both of those years were great. But I'm going to make this fair. I'm going to make this simple and easy for you. Let's take the three years, the three years that Baker Mayfield had to learn a new system, and we'll take the averages of that and see what that will hap- what that will become. We're going to apply that to the Panthers and see what that would become in this coming season. Okay, but first I want to give you my hot take. In six point per passing touchdown leagues, Mayfield this year will be top 18 and will be top 15 next year if Carolina keeps the same coaching staff and he doesn't have to relearn a new system. He is a perfect quarterback, too, that brings upside, depending on where the Carolina offense goes in terms of pass versus run rate. If Baker takes his... Here it is. If Baker takes his first year in a new system averages, so the first three years, because his fourth year, the last one that just ended, was the only year he did not have to learn a new system, but he was also hurt and playing with a hurt shoulder the entire time that he just had surgery on. So take that one year out and use the three years where he had a new system. His averages was a 5% touchdown rate and 7.4 yards per attempt. Okay. Now let's apply that to Carolina because in Carolina, once again, he's going to be learning a new system. So let's take that average and apply to how much we think Matt Rule is going to have him pass. Well, Matt Rule's past two seasons. His first season as head coach was 550 pass attempts, which in a 16-game season was 34.3 per game. And then this past year, 599 total pass attempts for 35.2 per game. So Matt Rule is hovering around 34.5-35 pass attempts per game. But last year, he was upset that they passed too much. So he probably prefers his first season as head coach, where they were at 34.3 points uh, passes per game. I'm going to drop it to 34 flat for this coming season. So if we take 34 passes per game, which would be the lowest for Matt Rule yet to date, and apply that to Baker Mayfield's average, he would have in 17 games 4,277 passing yards and 29 passing touchdowns. I think my point has been made. Baker Mayfield, and that, and that is if we're using his average from 
Hugh Jackson, Freddie Kitchens, first year with Stefanski, one year with Odell where he's forcing it to Odell, and then the other two years just having pretty much Jarvis. The situation he's coming into now is better. It's better. He's healthy, hopefully, 100% healthy when the season starts, and he's got more experience under his belt. So he's probably going to do better than his average in Cleveland in Carolina. Well, Brandon, Carolina's offensive line is horrible. Well, they've made some of the most additions to the offensive line this offseason. Other than the Bengals, they might have the second most new faces on their offensive line, including Akem Mukwonu, who they just drafted in the top 10 this past year, who should be very good. And a lot of people like him a lot. So, all in all to say that Baker Mayfield, if he starts this whole season, which I believe he will, is probably surpassing 4,000 passing yards and nearing 30 passing touchdowns. And he is somebody that people can acquire right now in Dynasty Leagues. In Superflex Dynasty Leagues, they can acquire him right now for a second-round pick. Some people, you can get him for a couple thirds. Some people who are smarter and realize the value of Baker won't give him to you unless you give them a first or a first and second. Personally, if I'm valuing Baker Mayfield right now, just because it hasn't happened yet, because he hasn't put this season that I very much see happening, because he hasn't done it yet, I think Baker Mayfield's value right now is a one first rounder in super flex leagues, one first rounder. But back into the first. If you think it's going to be like a top six pick in 2023, then no. But a back end of the first round pick is what Baker Mayfield is worth right now. After my prediction, after he puts up the season that he puts up this year in Carolina, he's probably going to be worth a first and a couple seconds. And right now is the perfect time to buy. I had some offers out, give you know, testing the waters with Mayfield to see if there was anybody, before I did this research, see if there's anybody that wanted him from me. And I know what I was asking for. Luckily, the person didn't bite. After this research, I'm rescinding that trade offer. Baker Mayfield is somebody you need to look at. And also, since we're talking about him being in Carolina, 4,000, let me look it up on my phone as I'm talking because I I wasn't prepared for this. 4,277 yards and 29 passing touchdowns. Okay? That is significantly better than what the Panthers have been working with for the past few years. Okay, let's look at last year. 2021, the Panthers had, looking at past touchdowns, 14. 14 passing touchdowns. That's less than half of what Baker Mayfield is likely to provide. So wheels up on DJ Moore. Wheels up on Christian McCaffrey. Wheels up on Robbie Anderson if he stays, or Terrace Marshall, or Tommy Tremble as late-round targets, potential sleepers, and breakouts. Okay, that was so 14 passing touchdowns last year. Let's look at 2020. 2020, they had 16 passing touchdowns. 2019, they had 17 passing touchdowns. 2018 is how far you have to go back to get anywhere close to what Baker Mayfield is probably going to provide, which they had 28 passing touchdowns in 2018. So I'm telling you right now, go get Baker Mayfield. And if you have him, hold him, unless somebody 
is listening to this podcast and is going to give you a proper value. The I'll tell you right now, the trade offer I'm rescinding that I've had out for Baker Mayfield, I offered Mayfield for George Pickens and who was acquired in the top of the second and Trey oh, McBride, that's what it is. Trey McBride, who was acquired at the back end of the second. So I was offering Mayfield for pretty much two second round two two second round picks, a borderline like back end of the first, top end of the second, and a borderline second slash third round pick because McBride was at the back of the second. So pretty much two second round picks is what I was offering Mayfield for, and that is being rescinded hundred percent. Because after this, I am more confident than I was, way more confident than I was before I did the research that Baker Mayfield is going to ball out. So that is Baker Mayfield behind the bogus. Behind the bogus of everything that everyone wants to say, Baker Mayfield has actually been an above average NFL quarterback, and he's being treated as no such thing. And the people are going to very much regret that. Have a good one, guys. Deep Dive Fantasy Football out. Peace.